morning. So good to see all of you here in the house. It's great to know that so many of you are worshiping with us online as well. We love you. If you're in the house, would you put your hands together and welcome everyone worshiping online together? We're glad you're here. I'm Pastor Adam. I'm the executive pastor here. Uh, and right over there is my wife. I've been married to my wonderful wife, Lena, for 10 years, two months, and 27 wonderful days. But before that, I wasn't. Before that, I had to take this huge, huge step of faith and get down on a knee and ask her to marry me. I was so nervous. Can I just, just be real transparent? I was terrified. What if she says no? Oh, no. Like, why would she? Thank you for that vote of confidence. <laughs> I know why she would say no. I'd say no to me. Oh, I was so scared. I was so scared. My heart was pounding. And I just decided if I'm ever going to be married, I have to bite the bullet <laughs> and ask somebody to marry me. I have to, I, I, if, if that's ever going to happen, I've, I've got to do it. I've got to just go for it. And guess what? She said yes. I did it. I, I went for it. And now we're married. Yeah, it took me long enough, she says. I went for it. I had to go for it. I had to get the guts to go for it before I was ever going to be married. I didn't accidentally marry my wife. I did it on purpose. One of the values I think we should have as a church is to strive to thrive in our relationship with God. We should try to have a close relationship with God. I didn't accidentally get married. I had to go for it. You won't accidentally have a really good relationship with Jesus. Like, oh, whoops. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm... You don't accidentally wind up in that spot. You got to go for it. You got you to do something. I didn't accidentally get close to my kids. I got down on the floor and I wrestled to get close with my kids. I went for it. If we want a close relationship with God, we're going to have to go for it. We want to go for it. Nobody accidentally thrives in their relationship with God. It doesn't accidentally happen. We thrive when we strive for it and we get intentional about getting closer to Jesus. And that's what this whole series is about. Shameless Audacity is the name of the series that we're starting today. And this is all about our approach to God and the confidence we can have when we approach God. We can approach God with Confidence. We can approach God with shameless audacity. If you got your Bible, flip it open to um, Luke chapter 11, or tap there, or you can follow along on the screen. Luke chapter 11, we're going to be there today. I'll give you a second to flip to it. I love this, uh, this passage where Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. Luke chapter 11, verse 1, it says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Now think about that for a second. I think this is humorous. This dude's coming to Jesus. He says, hey, Jesus, you know, creator of the universe, 
Can you teach me to pray? Because, you know, John taught me to pray. John did. Can you be a little more like John? Can, can you do what John did? Like, why you got to bring John into it? You're comparing perfection of our Savior, Jesus Christ, with, with John? Why do you got to bring John into it? If I was standing there next to that guy, I'd slap him. I'd be like, dude, you're talking to Jesus. Just pay attention. He'll tell you what you need to know. Shut up. Aren't you glad that Jesus tolerates our best efforts? And he did. He's like, like, John taught his disciples how to pray, so Jesus, you should teach your disciples how to pray too, huh? And Jesus honored his, be his best efforts, and he did. Verse 2, he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, or bread for tomorrow. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. This is the Lord's Prayer. Jesus establishes, when we pray, pray your kingdom come. The centrality of the kingdom of God in our prayers comes from this portion. There's a longer Lord's Prayer in the book of Matthew, but this is the one in uh, the book of Luke. Your kingdom come. Jesus taught a lot about the kingdom. A lot of parables started out, the kingdom of God is like. I think he wants us to know what the kingdom of God is like so it can help us pray. Because we should pray, your kingdom come. Whatever's in the kingdom of God, we should ask for it to be here. So in the, in the kingdom of God, do you, do you think in the kingdom of God you're going to find sickness when you're in heaven? No. No. So when we pray for healing, what we're praying for is your kingdom come. I want the kingdom to come. Kingdom come. In the kingdom of God, do you find confusion? Of course not. So when I pray for peace, I'm, what I'm praying is I'm praying for your kingdom to come. I want health. I need peace. Unity. Strength. Provision. Forgiveness. Perfection. We can pray your kingdom come. Let it come. Your kingdom come here, Lord. Jesus continues in verse 5. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight. Turn to the person next to you, type it in the chat, say, at midnight. At midnight. <laughs> He's tired. Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. So these aren't like big, these are like little, little guys. Lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And then suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. And this time and day, it was a sacred duty. Hospitality was like a sacred duty. Somebody comes to you, you better take care of them. And this friend's opposition is not in bringing the food. It was, I can't get up. Uh, he probably lived in a one one-bedroom house. His whole family was on a second layer. The animals were below him. Like it, he couldn't get up without disrupting his whole house. So he didn't mind giving him the bread, but he says, I, I can't get up. I can't get up. I'm going to disturb my whole house. So Jesus is telling, I think it's a little bit of a, a humorous uh, parable. He can't get up. Luke 11, verse 8, Jesus continues, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. 
takes boldness for that man to go ask somebody for some bread in the middle of the night at midnight. And it wasn't because he, it wasn't because of the need that he got the bread. It was because of his shameless audacity. This parable uh, is a lot about boldness. It's about our asking. Then Jesus turns and drives it home and he explains why the whole story was told. And he finally answers the real question very directly. Teach us how to pray. Here we go. Verse 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. I feel like there might have been, I'm reading into it a little bit, but I feel like there might have been a little parenthetical duh here. Like, like, so this disciple comes and says, Jesus, Jesus, John taught his disciples how to pray, so can you teach your disciples how to pray too? Be more like John and teach. The one who asks receives. The knock Door opens. Come on. <laughs> Let's get there. Boo. We read that passage so many times in a spiritual context, and it is spiritual. But I think Jesus is making it simple rather than complex. The disciple came to Jesus and said, Can, can you just unpack how complex it is that you pray? You ask. <laughs> you talk to me. You ask. Get up enough guts to go for it and ask with shameless audacity. Just ask. Turn to the person next to you and say, ask. Prayer isn't that complicated. We got to ask. I don't think this passage is as much about God's willingness to answer prayer as it is this passage is about our persistence to ask. It's about our shameless audacity in going before God. Let's keep in mind our persistence, our shameless audacity doesn't change God. It changes me. It changes you. We, have shame. we are to be persistent in our prayers and have shameless audacity to go before God because it changes me. It puts my heart in right alignment with him. It causes me to trust the Lord more. But it does Move God to action. When I drive past the blue Culver sign, my kids have shameless audacity. They have no problem. There's no shame or timidity in them. We want some ice cream! And many times, their shameless audacity opens the door for them to be fed. It didn't change me. It didn't change me. But I wanted them to, like, we have time? Let's get some dessert, kids. What would happen if this whole church decided to persistently pray with shameless audacity? What do you, what do you suppose the, the world would look like if we all had shameless audacity in our prayers? And we persistently prayed, going to God and asking him to move. What, what would it look like if we all went to God at midnight? The title of this particular message is Go at Midnight. What would happen if we did that? We had shameless audacity to run to God. I think there would be an amazing outpouring of life in our community and the world, really. We could change the whole world yes. with God's restorative power. 
if we had shameless audacity to pray. If you believe that, then it's not too big of a stretch of imagination to, to realize how much Satan wants to stop it. He doesn't want power in our hands. So Satan lies. He does whatever it takes so we become shameful and timid. He lies and, and adds the opposite of shamelessness. He says, you sin too much. You're too messed up. God's not going to hear you. We become full of shame. He lies and says, God doesn't care about this. That, this thing that you're going through, that's too small for the creator of the universe. He doesn't want to deal with that, so we clam up. But to battle these lies, we need boldness and confidence. Audacity. The opposite of shame is shameless. Boldness. We need boldness and confidence. Boldness and audacity come from knowing who you are. That's key. You know who you are because of what God's done in your life. And if you've been saved, then you're a son or daughter of God. And if you're a son or daughter of God, you're, you're an heir. And if you're an heir, well, what's in the kingdom belongs to the heirs. 1 John 5 says it like this. I'm going to read it out of the message. My purpose in writing is simply this, that you who believe in God's Son will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have eternal life, the reality and not the illusion, and, now, and how bold and free we then become in his presence, freely asking according to his will, sure that he's listening. And if we're confident that he's listening, we know that we've, what we've asked for is as good as ours. If you've accepted Jesus, you can be free. You can be free and have shameless, no sense of shame in going before God. You can have shameless audacity, confidence. The NIV says this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. You have that when you know you're a son or a daughter, when you know who you are. I want us to be a church that knows who we are, who has shameless and audacious prayers and seeks God and asks for miracles. Do you want that? Then here we go. Then here we go. This This is what we need to do. Number one, we need to pray conceivable prayers. Number one is pray conceivable prayers. These are prayers that you can conceive. You can imagine them. Maybe dreams you may have. It's like if you're getting in the car and two feet of snow came down and you got to get to a spot, you got to get to work. You can conceive getting to work. Lord, I'm in my car and I need to get to work. I'm going to do my best, Lord. Would you please give me the focus that I need to drive safely to work today? You can conceive that. Or God, you've, you've seen me work hard in my job. Would you send someone along today to encourage me? I can conceive someone encouraging me. Lord, I have a passion to share my faith, but I need an opportunity to do it. Lord, would you put someone in my path? I can conceive of God putting someone in my path so I can share Jesus with them. In the example of cancer, a conceivable prayer uh, would be, if you're taking the step of chemotherapy, a conceivable prayer would be, let the chemo 
work. I can conceive of the, the chemotherapy working. See, God cares deeply about the things we're going through. It is a trick of the enemy that he doesn't care about the little stuff. Anything Satan can do to get you to keep your mouth shut takes the power out of your hands that God wants to put there. Jesus himself said, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, yet not one of them is forgotten. There's nothing that's too small for God to care about. Remember, even that biggest thing, that, the biggest thing you could imagine is microscopic next to God. It's all small. It's all small. He cares about every bit of it. So include him in what you're seeing in front of you. Include him in the dreams that you have. Pray conceivable prayers. Here's number two. Pray achievable prayers. There's some things that are happening in our life that we don't have to conceive of or dream of. We're taking action on them. Like, like they're going to happen. Here's the deal. You, You can achieve some things on your own. But why would you want to? That's right. Like, really? You're a Christian. Why would you want to do it on your own? You don't have to. So decide ahead of time. Decide now that you don't want to walk it out without Jesus. Pray about that. You can say, I can do this, God. I don't want to do it without you next to me. Examples. God, I'm going into this meeting, and I'm really nervous and insecure. God, would you give me the confidence, peace, and the words I need? Now, can you go into a meeting and bolster up your confidence and pull your pants up? And... Sure. Why would you want to? Why would you want to? You can walk in the power of God. God, would you just be here with me? I need you. God, I'm going to school and I'm going to do my best. But God, would you make your presence known to me? Would you give me strength and energy to com- complete my homework, to stay focused on my studies, right. keep my priorities straight? Or whatever you're going into, whatever ministry God's given you. Maybe you lead a small group in, in youth group, or maybe you greet people at the door, or even prepping materials for kids' ministry. I used to do the worship team. Like, I, I know how to play a G major chord. I don't need God's help to play one, three, five. Like, I can do that. But why would I? You can smile at somebody at the door if, you're, if you work on the guest experience team. You can smile on the door by yourself. But why would you? Pray an achievable prayer. Lord, I'm going to do my best here. Would you come alongside me and yes. give me the encouragement I need? When you partner with the creator of the universe, you can trust that you'll wind up okay. See, the, the, when you're inviting God into what you're doing, it's, it's not like, like God needs to be invited into what you're doing. It's that you need to invite God into what you're yes. doing. Come on. It's not like God needs the invitation. You need to invite him. Yes. It's about me and you partnering with him and reaching up to him. It's about, it's about my life change. So we need to invite God into our problems. It's about us recognizing him. All right, so I've said to, to pray things you can imagine, pray things you can achieve. Now, number three, pray unbelievable prayers. This will level up your prayers. Pray unbelievable. Pray conceivable prayers, pray achievable prayers, and pray unbelievable Amen. prayers. Some prayers go way beyond what we can imagine or conceive and even break the barrier of things we could achieve. They're just 
unbelievable. It's, it's like, if God did that, I don't think I'd believe it kind of prayers. These prayers require faith. Conceivable prayers and achievable prayers, you don't need lots of faith to pray that. But to pray something that's unbelievable, you're dead. even if God did it right in front of me, I'm still not sure I'd believe it because it's just crazy. We can pray unbelievable yeah. prayers. Paul describes it like this, Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. I've prayed everything I can think of. Now what else is left? More than we ask or imagine. See, a conceivable prayer is, Lord, let the chemo work. An unbelievable prayer is, or eradicate it. Make it disappear. Blow the doctor's mind. So at my next appointment, they say, what happened? You can do that, God, too. Pray unbelievable prayers. I want to boost your faith a little bit. I uh, was born with club feet, and I've had a lot of surgeries on my feet. And uh, after one of my surgeries, I had a bone spur. Every time I walked for a while, like it just really hurt. I was at a church camp, and someone told a story of physical healing, and it bolstered my faith. And they said, if you need healed, raise your hand. And I was like, maybe God can take the pain away. And he did. Never hurt that way ever again. I don't believe it. But I believe it. It never hurt that way again. I want to bolster your faith. I asked some people on Facebook to share a time with me that God answered an unbelievable prayer. Here's just a few. Brenda Avila shared that when she laid a hand on her mom's chest in prayer, her mom's heart immediately started beating in correct rhythm. Brenda says, quote, I was about 10 years old at the time, and it still gives me goosebumps to think about it. Emily Smith in our church works at a daycare, and she reports that her kids prayed just this month, prayed for two feet of snow. <laughs> I don't know if she's here, but Emily, if you can hear me, I speak for all of us when I say, we hate you. <laughs> kidding. Jessica Ritter reports, just a few months ago, my daughter was pretty sick. Her fever was 103 and climbing. That's like go to the ER type temperatures. We had been alternating Tylenol and ibuprofen all day, but nothing helped. She was very restless, out of it, talking nonsense in her sleep. Finally, I love, I love that she put the finally, kind of like a duh, you should have known. Finally, we laid hands on her and prayed. Within minutes, her fever was down under 100. I don't believe it, but believe it. Sharing the fever says, in the last two years, I've been blessed to be a part of the deliverance ministry at New Hope. I've witnessed so many people find freedom from unforgiveness, trauma from past hurts, abandonment, rejection, mental illness, drug and alcohol addiction, the list goes on, all being set free under the mighty power of God. Deb Hernandez said she was recovering from major surgery. She had a nine-inch incision. She had unbearable searing pain. And the meds had, like, they were out. She was out of them. What do you do? Well, you ask your husband to pray for you. And her husband, Juan, laid hands on her. And the pain immediately went away. Done. Didn't come back. Unbelievable. 
Gotta tell Cindy's story. She had a squirrel stuck in her uh, furnace and it dropped down into, God cares about the little stuff. A squirrel was in her furnace and it dropped into the crawl space. And she chased that squirrel around with a net for a while. Tried everything she could and it started getting dark. She was worried. So she, I just imagine her, I don't know if this is exactly how it went down, but I imagine her holding that net for her trying to catch that squirrel. And she had it down and she said, Lord, can you do something unbelievable? Can you help me get this squirrel? According to her testimony, you can go ask her about it after church if you want. That squirrel ran right out of the crawl space, jumped into her net. (laughs) And she handed it to her husband and that's how it went. Is that what happened? That's what happened. Unbelievable. I don't believe it. God is the God of squirrels. You need to catch a squirrel to say, Lord, help me out, God. All the hunters next October, November, whenever deer season is, you're going to be like, Lord, I want a 30-point buck. I don't know if it'll work that way. Samantha Stareheim testified that she was traveling and there was a snowstorm headed right for her. She prayed. The storm changed directions, went the other way until she she got where she needed to go, and then the storm turned and headed back at her and followed her. What kind of shameless audacity was that? What, What could God do with a little shameless audacity? God, can you just make that storm go the other way? Some preschoolers are never going to forget that they prayed for two feet of snow. Yeah, they better never do it again. Yeah, Unbelievable. We can pray unbelievable prayers. Lord, let my cousin come to know you. It seems impossible to me. It seems impossible to me, but it's not impossible to you. Let my cousin come to know you, Lord. Lord, let, let that marriage work out. It seems impossible to me, but it's not impossible with you. Let that marriage work out. 2 Chronicles 16.9a says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Listen, God's looking to encourage you. He wants to encourage you, but it's conditional. He wants to encourage those whose hearts are fully committed to him. He's searching. What do you think he wants to do to encourage you if you were just to pray a shamelessly, audacious, unbelievable prayer? What do you think could happen? The worst thing that'll happen is he says no. I mean, that's an answer. Here's the fourth kind of prayer I want to encourage you with. Pray receivable prayers. The whole point of having shameless audacity in our prayers is that we receive. Everyone who asks, receives. I think sometimes we can get so caught up in what we're asking for that we forget to just pause and receive. God isn't just interested in the circumstances of your life that come to pass. He's interested in the internal work as well. He's throwing it our way, but are we in a position to receive it? Are we... Is our life in a posture of receiving? We should pray receivable prayers. Fill me with more of your spirit, Lord. Baptize my spirit. You see where I'm angry, Lord. So I reject the anger. Fill me. I receive what I need instead of anger. I need peace. I need understanding. I need love. 
Lord, fill me with more faith. Lord, fill me with greater trust. Fill me with safety. Fill me with self-control. We can pray receivable prayers and receive what God wants to give us. Maybe your receivable prayer today is, Lord, I receive you. I've never followed you before. I want you in my life. You can make that decision today. Lord, I'll receive your salvation. There's some next steps I can give you, just some real practical things. If you want to take some steps in being shamelessly audacious, there's four things I want to encourage you with. Uh, Number one would be, come to our Saturday prayer meeting. We have a Saturday prayer meeting every Saturday at 10 a.m. I think we got a photo on the screen here uh, uh, from a few months back. Uh, Every every Saturday at 10 a.m. right here in the back door, um, it says Unity Hall on it. You can come and join us in prayer. You can be shamelessly audacious with some other people. Second thing I want to encourage you with is, is to sign up for prayer requests. There's going to be a QR code going on the screen right here, and I encourage you to scan that right now. Um, it takes you to mynewhope.in slash prayer requests, and you can find that on mynewhope.in, of course. Um, but on that page, you can do two things. Number one, you can submit a prayer request, and the whole church can get behind you and pray for you. Um, we know that prayer requests don't always happen, like, Tuesday through Friday, 9 to 4.30. They happen at 2 in the morning when you get in a fight. They happen at 4 in the morning. If You can submit a prayer request, and the next morning it automatically goes out to our prayer team. So that's something you can do on that site. The other thing is you can sign up to be a, be a prayer. Prayer? Prayer? Pray, prayer? Prayer. A prayer. Prayist. You can be a prayist. So one who prays. Sorry, I'm trying. Language is not very, it's not my forte. Language, English, I need to work on it. You can be one who prays for the prayer requests that come in, and you can sign up for that there. Also, you heard the announcement a minute minute ago. At February 17th, there's a prayer meeting that we're going to have at the future uh, campus of New Hope Christian Center at 6 p.m. on February 17th. I'd love to have you join us. And another thing, if you want to take a next step, um, there's this book that I've read that's fantastic. It's just, it'll blow your mind. Like, I I thought I knew how big God was, and then this book just kind of blew my mind. I was like, oh, you're right. God's bigger than what I thought, and he's still bigger than what I think. It's called The Circle Maker by Mark Batterson. It's a fantastic book, The Circle Maker by Mark Batterson. Um, Those are some next steps you can take to increase your shameless audacity in prayer. Here's number five. Fight unbelief. I think some of us have some unbelief. I want to help you fight it. You need to fight unbelief, right? Because otherwise it'll just take over. See, I think God is engaging with our lives more than we would care to recognize. I'm not sure we give God the credit he deserves. Something happens and, and we either take credit, you know, that was achievable. Yes, I did it. Yeah, yeah, you, you did it, right. <laughs> or we say, wow, what a coincidence. I mean, you, you, if you prayed and then it happened, don't say, what a coincidence. Or we think it was man. Something good happens and we say, say wow, you know, he, yeah, that... You know, man, man achieved it. No, it was God. It was God. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. James said that. Don't be deceived. 
my dear brothers and sisters, every good and perfect gift is from above. Yes. Don't be deceived. Let's give God the credit. In Luke 17, there's a story of 10 men who had leprosy. You think in the past two years was the first time that we've been introduced with the idea of social distancing? Mm-mm. Luke 17, they were doing it. These 10 men had leprosy, and they were social distancing from Jesus. And they had to yell out, unclean, unclean, because that was part of the law. I've wanted to do that a few times in the past few years. I'm feeling a little sick. Unclean! Sorry. I think that's funny. So there's 10 men with leprosy, and they were social distancing, and they cried to Jesus, heal us, Lord, heal us, Lord. And Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest, you'll be healed. And the 10 men showed themselves to the priest, and by golly, it was unbelievable. An incurable disease, now cured. They were fine. Blew their mind. And one of them went back to Jesus. He said, thank you, God. What happened to the other nine? Like, I can only think that, assume they, they, I don't know. Like, what a coincidence. I was healed on my way over here. What a coincidence. I did it. I knew drinking my vitamin C would take care of that. I did it. But one of them remembered what happened and how they got saved, how they got healed. One of them remembered, and they came back. Luke 17, verses 15 through 18. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. The band's going to come up now. One of them fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the others? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Has no one returned to give glory to God? Listen, when you pray a shameless, shamelessly audacious prayer, an unbelievable prayer, an achievable prayer, a conceivable prayer, a receivable prayer, and God shows up, Don't take credit. Don't say what a coincidence. Decide now you're going to give God the glory. Because don't be deceived, dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Would you stand with me? I just wonder in a few months from now if... If God may say, has no one returned to give glory to God? That's what he said about the nine that didn't show up, didn't come back to him. Has no one returned to give glory to God? I hope he never says that of us. Let's decide now. We're going to give glory to God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for every good and perfect gift. I pray that you would heal our unbelief. We want to believe, but where we don't, I pray you increase our faith you are faithful. You are good. You are holy. You are just. And we pre-decide now to give you the glory for your work. We love you, Lord. We commit all to you.